talk to me now, speak loud and clear. Where would I be if I was not here? American, Arthur, Arthur. Hey y'all, it's your host Jazzy Ray and welcome back to Where Is My Reparation. We are doing a special episode this month for Women's History Month and I have with me a very special guest, my little sister. Say something to the people. Hey y'all, it's me Lyri and I am very happy and honored to be here on this episode. Yes, this episode we will be talking about a woman whose name should be spoken a lot more, especially in the name of science. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about Henrietta Lacks. Lyric, how, have you heard of Henrietta Lacks? Well, how did you hear about her? My first time even hearing of the name Henrietta Lacks was my first semester of college. I was taking online courses and it was for my general biology class. I had to watch a hour-long documentary and do a short paper just summarizing her life and how she impacted the world with her breakthrough of her sales and stuff. Wow, that's like crazy because I also had to watch, well, I actually had to read the book, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks by Rebecca Scoop for class. And we're both science majors, so I know it's one of those things that teaches you about ethical research and how important it is so we were discussing her story a lot together yes we definitely were especially when i first heard about it i was like jazz can you believe this that and the third happened but yeah so i'm very excited to talk about her today that's good well go ahead and get it started then so who was Henrietta, you may ask? Because not a lot of people know about this story, which is honestly quite disappointing because I feel like everyone should know about the life of Henrietta. So who was she? Well, Henrietta Lacks was, is an Afri African-American woman who was raised in Clover, Virginia. Her real name is Loretta Lacks, but she changed it to Henrietta Lacks. Mm -hmm. Her parents died at a very young age um, and she was the ninth child. I think she was the youngest. Her parents had nine children and mm -hmm. she was the youngest, if I'm not mistaken. They so, had a lot of kids back then, though. They had a lot of kids. Yeah. I guess that was just like a generational thing. Yeah. Like just to have a bunch of kids. Especially black families. Mm -hmm. And have them at a young age. Yeah. So, um, because her parents died at a young age, she was raised by her grandfather, who was located in Clover, Virginia. Her grandfather was raising basically all his grandkids because she was raised with a lot of her cousins, and she shared a room with her cousin named David Day Lex who eventually became her husband. Yes, y'all heard right. Henrietta married her first, her first cousin, David Daylax. So at 14, she had her first son, which is by him. And then at 18, she had their second child, which is their first daughter, Elsie. 
and she was born with mental disabilities so it was hard to you know it was kind of a struggle to raise her so then um two years after she had Elsie, her second child she got married today in 1941 and they eventually had three more children which is david jr sony and deborah mm -hmm. so that's who henrietta last was she was a mother she was a wife yeah i know she was described as like a fun person mm -hmm. and very friendly and helpful to like her cousins i mean she was in Lat's town so that was full of her family so they were very like right down the road from each other yeah yeah definitely she was definitely described as a nurturing woman like very motherly she took care of everybody when she could so wow that's amazing so how did she get sick so after she had deborah which is her second youngest child um she was harrietta was experiencing some abdominal pain with vaginal bleeding and of course when something's different is happening you're gonna go to a doctor like what's going on so she didn't visit john hopkins hospital which was the only hospital that was treating black patients back in that time mm -hmm. but they have a real crazy past right john hopkins himself the founder yeah at that at that time when henrietta when Henrietta visited John Hopkins, you know, he was like doing stuff special for black people, but he had a very dark racist past. Um, he drew blood from 7,000 black children. Wow, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Without their consent. And he was using it for his research because he was trying to correlate genetics with criminality. So, yeah. Saying that black children were more prone to being criminals based than on genetics, else. based on your blood, or yeah, that's crazy. And so he tried to overcompensate with this new hospital that he built mm -hmm. and had that section for black people. Yeah, wow, because he had this thing going on where he would give patients health care, but he would set aside stuff for only black patients. So, yeah. Does that even make up for <laughs> what he did? I mean, that's great and all, but does that even make up for taking the blood, trying to do that? No, because 7,000 kids, that's insane. That's yeah, bigger is. than your average high school. And then without their consent or their parents' consent, so they didn't know what the research was for. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. He's crazy. But back to Henrietta. Back to Henrietta. So, um, yeah, she was having some abdominal pain with vaginal bleeding. She visited John Hopkins Hospital where she met with Dr. Howard Jones. And at first he thought, you know, she was just having issues with her menstrual cycle. But with further research and looking more into what was going on with Miss Lax, um, he discovered that she had a malignant tumor on her cervix. So she was diagnosed with cervical cancer. Wow. 
Yeah, and Dr. Jones, he ended up re uh treating her with, along with Dr. Talinde. And Talinde at the time was doing research on cervical cancer as well. And then their counterpart, Dr. Gay, he was trying to culture cells. So Dr. Jones and Dr. Talinde, they were treating these women and collecting their cells to and to give to Dr. Gay so that he can then culture culture the cells to see if they grow. And Henrietta Lacks, her cells grew magnificently. Like they grew at a fast pace and very rapid. So other people were then they could get the cells and do their research on it. And that was Dr. Gay's purpose all along. So once they found out that Henrietta's cells were growing at a rapid pace, he immediately told his other science colleagues, he told other scientists and they were ready to be like, send them to me so I can see what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And he created Dr. Guy, he, Dr. Gay, Guy Gay, you don't really know. <laughs> But <laughs> Dr. Gay, he created these vows and started sending Henrietta's cell cells by plane. But you know, he was doing this with other women too. But her cells were the only one that grew okay. so so crazy to him and like seemed like they would serve a good purpose in science. He never got consent, of course. All right, well, he did get consent, but black people at the time, we weren't very educated and most of us were illiterate when it came to reading stuff, especially in the 1950s. So when we were signing, we didn't know what we were signing for. So it probably was in the form that he was going to take these cells, but Henrietta had no clue that they were doing it. Her family had no clue and it went to other scientists. And so other scientists began to do these research on the cells and the cells, they named the cells HeLa. So they took the first two letters of the first name and the first two letters of the last name. And that's how they came with up with the name HeLa cells. And... Uh, he sent these vows and he appeared on TV talking about how these cells could help cure many diseases. And these cells literally grew and deemed invaluable by the time of 1960s. Like people were like, these are the cells that we need in our institutions. And even though her cells were cancerous, they behaved like healthy cells. So scientists were able to do successful research on them. So Dr. Gay, he actually kept her name a secret for decades and he didn't even take ownership of her name, of her cells for real. And I don't know if it was the guilt or what, but he never even take took ownership, but he was still passing passing them around like freaking candy mm. to these other scientists and therefore other institutions, they were able to grow the cells and they were selling them for profit. 
So different researches that were performed on these cells, one was Chester Southam. He actually worried that these cells could give scientists like contact cancer. Remember y'all, this these are the 1950s. So they felt like you can get cancer from just having contact with them. And so this man, you want to talk about unethical, he ended up injecting his patients with the HeLa cells just to see if they were going to catch cancer too. But he quickly, like other doctors caught on to what he was doing and he quickly lost his license and got hit with a big lawsuit because that's crazy. (laughs) And let's just think about that for a moment. You go to a doctor and he is injecting somebody else's cells into your body yeah. for research without your consent. You don't know about it. Right. But he's doing this to see if... Okay. Yeah. That's it's just crazy. insane. The way these people were thinking... Back in the day, like, they could do anything to you and it's okay. And I mean, sure, yeah. some people still think like that, but... True that. Yeah. Now you can actually get sued for that. Back then... People you need more than just sue. You need jail time. <laughs> you were really lying. Do. You really do. And I don't know if he actually went to jail. Somebody searched Chester Southam for us to figure yeah. out if he actually Please went to jail for that. Yeah, because people actually caught like lymph nodes and stuff from him injecting it. Now, some like people who had the healthy cells, he's, he started discovering that the healthy cells were not affected by the HeLa cells. And so he tried to move forward with his research and come up with a vaccine with it. Like, I don't know what this man was thinking. What was his end goal? (laughs) He was just trying, he was trying to get his name out there. I see that. In the name of science. Yeah. (laughs) But they also had other research uh, that was done on these HeLa cells. And the HeLa cells, like we said before, they grew so rapidly and so fast that other cells were, they said, contaminated, quote unquote, contaminated by the HeLa cells. And they said that it was contaminated because it had the African-American genetic marker that only black people have. And so if you included any other type of cell in your research and you had the HeLa cells because the HeLa cells were like to the point where they can take over another cell, your research was deemed inconclusive and you couldn't move forward with it. But even though Dr. Guy, gay, even though he refused to gain profit from it and take ownership of it, other institutions, they really were selling her cells and making profit off of them. It's the same, y'all. This is the world we live in. This is the history right here right. that they are trying to erase. And mind you, during this time, Henrietta is pretty much still alive. This is in the 1950s, so she's still alive. And she doesn't even come close to her death till later. Well, she died in the 1950s. 
Oh, what year? 1951. Oh, shoot. So, but it was like the end of, well, yeah, like the end of 1951. Okay, so he already had the vows sent off. Mm-hmm. They doing research and stuff. Why she's still alive. Yeah. And then she's coming close to her death at this time. Right. So in September of 1951, that's when she realized that she, the cancer was just taking over. Her kidneys was failing. Um, it couldn't keep up with the toxins in her blood. And she just had to get constant blood fusions. Mm. Even her cousins had to donate blood to her because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she was. She knew her time was coming, but she didn't even tell her family about. She, yeah. yeah, she definitely did not tell her family about her cancer until it was too late. Wow. She told when she knew that her time was coming to an end. She told her sister Gladys. She said, "Tell my husband. I don't know if this is the exact words, y'all, <laughs> but along the lines of to tell her husband David Lax." that he got to take care of the children and he said especially deborah which is her youngest daughter yes and i feel like she said especially deborah because elsie her oldest daughter was already like in a mental institution yeah and she wanted to make sure her girl was okay and like make sure my girl is good because the boys usually back in the day the daddy got the boys Mm -hmm. so make sure my girl good yeah, so Henrietta died October 4th of 1951, and immediately after she died, y'all, immediately when Dr. Gay found out about her passing, he requested her cells. Wow. And I'm pretty sure it didn't take too long for him to find out right about the passing so he immediately requested extra cells so he could continue his research because keep in mind even though she Henrietta was dead her cells kept growing oh my goodness i mean they still grow today yeah and they're still growing today so Mm. he immediately asked for her cells and he contacted dr gay contacted her husband um David, time after time, now the first few times he declined consent. Like he was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want y'all to do research on her. Just let her get her rest. Right. But the next day and the following day after that, he called again. So he was basically harassing this man. Harassing him and probably manipulating like saying excuses like this could help your children one day this oh. and the third you know so yeah. because at the time us as black people we really didn't know you know we didn't have the proper education to know really what he was saying so i'm pretty sure he manipulated david into thinking like no this is good we need to do this research so yeah i agree with that I feel that. Yes, and Dr. Gay did this without even, like, considering what this man is going through. Like, my wife just died. I have to raise four kids, five kids by myself. Mm-hmm. Can I have time to, like, process this? Like, this was immediately after she died. Wow. So, that's yeah, it. it was so inconsiderate from Dr. Gay and... 
That's not a good character look. It really isn't. And he tried to make his himself seem so good because he kept her name private and he wasn't trying to take ownership and yes. stuff. But it's like at the same time, your mind is only focused on the science and research. Mm-hmm. And he was only protecting himself because then he keep claiming that uh, this is to keep the patient's name private or this for her privacy. No, this because you knew you wasn't supposed to be doing that. Right. He was this guilty. was to protect himself. <laughs> Had to be. He was so guilty. And I know guilt can eat you alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the death of her. And Henrietta name didn't get out to the rest of the world until two decades later. And the gag is, y'all, it was when Dr. Gay was on his deathbed. Wow. So, in 1970, Dr. Gay was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer that spread it so much that he really couldn't do nothing about it at this point. Like, he knew that his time was coming to an end. And as his time was coming to an end, that's when he told one of his colleagues, uh, Kubiak, if I'm pronouncing that right, to reveal Henrietta's name out to the world. Wow. And what you said, what goes around comes around. Yep. That's why I say karma is real. Yeah. It don't matter how long it takes, it's going to come. Right. It's going to come. And then he let out Henrietta's name without so much of even consulting the family. Yeah. So the family had no kind of input on whether they even wanted Henrietta's name to be revealed Mm -hmm. they honestly found out through media that her cells were being used for science research and they would come across articles like Henrietta's cells were being used for making clones and mice healer cell hybrids like they were intertwining Henrietta cells with my cells basically for what kind of research I have no idea but the family wasn't even they weren't well educated so when they came across these articles like imagine how that made them feel they were like what you mean my mom's cells are used with mice Mm -hmm. like that's crazy that's crazy news for real and when her name came out journalists and media kept trying to contact the family but they were trying to get information about Henrietta and how Dr. Gay even got her cells to begin with and then Deborah especially her youngest her baby girl she would try to ask questions like okay well what are these cells being used for and they would dismiss her like you're going off subject you're not even on the topic So they weren't giving her any information at all, which made the family and Deborah, like her brothers too, very, very scarce to talk to the media, which I understand because that's crazy. And her brothers, they were trying to regain control of the media. And so this one guy, this one guy, Cofield, oh my goodness, he was a lawyer and he contacted the family trying to defend them. 
and serve as their lawyer against John Hopkins Hospital for what they did to Henrietta. And John Hopkins' lawyer contacted them and like, hey, we understand that you're trying to do this and sue us. However, you look up Cofield yourself. This was in like the 70s though. So I don't know how much they could really look up. But, <laughs> but they were like, you look up Cofield yourself and figure out what type of person he is. Because come to find out, Cofield was in a whole bunch of like frivolous lawsuits and he was a fraud and he was getting all this information from their family but it's like you're not even a good lawyer for us to even trust you so the family ended up cutting ties with him and this man had the audacity to turn around and sue try to sue the family because they were breaching a contract I was like, right? And this was so crazy that Deborah ended up getting a stroke behind all the craziness that was going on with it, with Henrietta's name, her mom's name coming out to attention. And then this one lawyer trying to take advantage of you. Yes, because she was kept in the dark all her life. So right. all this is news to her just as like it's news to the world. Right. And they had no say-so yes. at all. The whole family was kept in the dark. The entire family. So she was... Deborah was suffering, really. Because when I read the book, uh, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, mm -hmm. Deborah was getting hives when she found out information. Anxiety attacks. Can't barely breathe. And she was finding out information all the time. So just imagine like day after day, I'm finding out something new. It was so crazy that her, Henrietta's, her medical records, details about her medical records was in a book that was written by Michael Gold in 1985. And he wrote a book about the contamination of Henrietta's cells onto the other cells. He was the one who did that research and he had details of Henrietta's medical records and the family never seen these records. They never even knew these details because Henrietta kept it such a secret from them what was really going on. So they were completely shocked when a lot of this stuff was coming out. And then they also, when, her, when Henrietta's name came out, other people, not necessarily the family, but the people around them were worried about how the medical, the doctors would take advantage of the kids and the grandkids trying to figure out if their cells were just as crazy as Henrietta's cells or grew just like Henrietta's cells. So they actually got taken advantage of one time by this doctor named Victor McCusick, and he asked his postdoc student to take blood samples from the Lax family, and they kind of disguised it like they were doing a cancer screening. And for some reason, at this time, for a cancer screen, you don't really need a consent form. You don't really have to 
be like, oh, I consent that you do this screening or something like that. But the doctor came to them. They didn't go to the doctor for a checkup. Yeah, the doctor came right. to them. That's crazy. Right. And literally, it was a grad student, a postdoc student, not a grad student, a postdoc student. I know her last name was Sue. And she was trying, well, she says that she was trying to communicate with them of what she was really doing. But, you know, you know how we feel about somebody saying that they was trying to communicate. So lying. Okay. (laughs) Basically, you probably lying. You never tried to explain and they ended up collecting blood samples from them. And it wasn't until they asked a second time for blood samples that Deborah was like, okay, what do you want these samples for? And McCusick started explaining about how their mother's uh, cells were. And Deborah was like, so are you trying to say that I have cancer too? Or I'm suffering from the same thing that killed my mom at such a young age. And she was, poor Deborah, she was going through it. She was going through it. And McCusick was trying to explain it to her and ended up giving her a book that he wrote about the HeLa cells, her mom's cells. And in that book was a picture of her mother. And Deborah was like, I have no idea how they got that picture. Which is scary. Right. Because it's like, how did you get the pictures? How did you get these medical records? Like, you get all this stuff, and we have never... Seen it a day in their life. Okay. And she was like, how did you get this picture? So, they were going crazy. So, after being betrayed by Cofield, after everything come came out, like... The family was mad, especially the brothers. Like, they were mad because they were poor. And they were like, y'all getting all this money from selling our mom's sales, and we have nothing. Mm-hmm. They were in poverty. Like, one of one of Henrietta's sons, the youngest one, was homeless. And then, like, you don't even have health care. Like, that's the least you can do. That's the least you can do. But that's really what's crazy about it. Like, they kept everything from them and took credit for herself. And that was the problem with Dr. Gay being so private was that him being private to the world also made him private to the family. Mm-hmm. And so they had no say in Henrietta's name coming out, they had no say in what kind of profit they can gain because other scientists were gaining profit. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. But now, I mean, if I could put a butt behind that, but (laughs) now, you know, they're doing a little bit better, I would say. I know one of the kids went into the military and they're getting a lot of exposure now. And even Rebecca Scoop, who wrote the book, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, she ended up uh, setting up a scholarship for Henrietta's descendants. So something was good. But at the end of the day, Henrietta's, her cells, 
despite the craziness of how her cells were gathered, her cells ended up being a major breakthrough in the science community. Her cells were used to cure polio disease. They advanced genetics. They were, her cells were the reasons why we know the amount of chromosomes in a human being. So, they also discovered the relation of HPV to cancer growth. So, it did do a lot of science, a lot of stuff for science, but the way they did it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But that's her story. That's the end of her story. They gonna break what they saw. Everybody who was included, what goes around, <laughs> is gonna come right back around. Right. You were saying you would have sued everybody. I'm saying, like, if you even had contact with the doctor who was doing research <laughs> on her cells, I'm suing you if that was my mama. But that's so crazy because her cells are still used. And I know... It, it's good for science, but still, yeah, I would be like, cut it. Right. Or at least give me a big ass check. At least. At least give me she free health care. Their family needs a percentage of every discovery they have made with themselves. Right. And I was saying earlier how, like, somebody could have, now, I don't know if this is true, but somebody could have actually received a Nobel Prize from Mm -hmm. doing research on herself. I don't know if that's true or not, but it really could be a thing. I mean, HeLa cells are still, shoot, my school even use them for research. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's a very major thing in biology, especially with a lot of people that do cancer research. HeLa cells are one of the major things, the major substance that is being researched on when it comes to cancer research. And their family suffered. Hearing that story for the first time, I was not going to lie. I was angry. Yeah. So I couldn't even imagine what Deborah feel like mm-hmm. and her sons mm-hmm. and her brothers, because her brothers was angry as fuck. Yes, like trying to put yourself in her shoes. Right. You know what's crazy? When my class had a discussion about the book and we were all like, where is the money? Like, (laughs) where is the money? Why my professor, he kind of older, you know, probably about my grandma's age in in his 70s or something. Why he said, well, you can't really do science research for money. Like, that's not a thing for money. We were tripping, okay? <laughs> like, first of all, we are HBCU uh, HBCU family, so I go to an HBCU. And for my HBCU black professor to be like, you don't really do science for money. After all the profit that these other people gain and you trying to tell me the family don't deserve money. They doing something. They ain't getting it for, they ain't doing it for nothing. Okay. Like, you have to get grants. You have to get something. Even with winning things, Mm -hmm. you're getting money. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he was crazy for that. Like, you black. 
and you older, you probably in your 70s. And this is how you feel. Yeah. The thought just alone that her cell line has saved so many lives and about to be half a century later, mm-hmm. we just now hearing her story. Just now. It's a lot of people that don't know. A lot of people who don't know. And her name is so buried. And I don't even know. Well, for science, I feel like this is one of those stories that teach you how important ethical research is. But if you're not in science, and like, would you even hear this story? Exactly. Because I was in grad school when I first heard this story about the healer cells and what they really were grad school and i didn't go to grad school till freaking 25 <laughs> like what yes <laughs> yeah it's really crazy but that's it you have anything else to give to the people here y'all just please do your research know more about where you coming from Know your background, know your ancestry, because it's scary out here. It's scary out here. They're trying so hard to erase our history. Right. And my sister told me earlier, she said, erase history is more than likely to repeat itself. Mm Mm-hmm. So. And we see how time is rewinded back in these other states. mm Mm-hmm. We got to stay educated. We really do. Because. Ain't nobody else going to teach us, so we got to teach ourselves. Honestly. And that's why I say it's so important to continue to have these conversations with your family and friends, y'all. I do not just speak. I do not just teach that and speak that. Like, I literally do that. Me and Larry talk all the time. Her friends come around. We talk. I talk with my friends because these are really important stories. Mm -hmm. And I know people hate hearing about black trauma like it's a it's a thing like we always gotta hear about black trauma yeah (laughs) yeah because it's alive it's alive and these are the generational curses that we are currently breaking especially with the whole doctor thing like not asking your doctor any questions and stuff and how black women are more prone to die with birth like this is a thing where we have to learn why it's so important for us to break these generational curses because we be trying to break generational curses and we don't even know why is this mm-hmm. like why does why do we have problems going to the doctor all the way back to slavery times yep. <laughs> everything always reverts back to that time okay because they were taking advantage of black people like this is not henrietta is not the first woman who's cells whose blood anything has been done to her as a black person without consent she's not the first that's scary y'all because this could i don't want to speak like negatively but just imagine this could have been one of our loved ones or you know you just never know it's in the 1950s that don't seem that long ago not at all Shoot, our grandma was born in the 1940s. Exactly. And she's still alive, kicking well, driving to see us. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah that's not that's not as long ago as people make it but yeah we're gonna end it right here though we're gonna end it right here lyric i truly appreciate you having this conversation with me and talking with my peoples about this we really gotta do another episode we definitely do i agree i had so much fun researching and get to know the story more because even though i did that documentary well looking at the documentary and that little paper i learned way more yeah just talking having a conversation about it so and i hope y'all did too whoever's listening i hope y'all learned right and we did get a lot of our information from the immortal life of henrietta lats like that is a really good book by rebecca school and she really took her time to get to know the family and get to know what really happened in order for us to have this big old breakthrough. We can all agree that Henrietta Lacks is the mother of modern medicine. Okay, that should be the title of the <laughs> the title of the podcast episode. Yeah. The mother of modern medicine. Wow. Yeah. I agree with that. She really is our woman of the month. Happy Women's History Month, everybody. I hope that, especially if you're a black woman, you are treated with so much care and kindness. And again, I appreciate my sister for joining me on this episode. And if you want to continue this conversation or bring up topics, you can follow me on Instagram at where is my reparation. My email is whereismyreparation at gmail.com. You can look me up on Spotify, Apple Pod, and anchor.fm. And if you want to send anything, go ahead. From my from my girls of Sisters Who Kill, they always say, talk to us, we talk back. So, yeah. <laughs> but, all right, y'all. Thank y'all for listening, and we'll see y'all next time. Cachipo. Set me free. Set, set me free.